Welcome to Entrepreneurial Insights, a podcast brought to you by the Society of Entrepreneurs and hosted by Pearson Crutcher and Jay Healy. The Society of Entrepreneurs is a membership organization founded to promote entrepreneurship and provide education and resources to Memphis business owners. In this podcast, we'll have a series of interviews with accomplished business owners and entrepreneurs in Memphis, Tennessee. There are so many great entrepreneurs in Memphis and their stories need to be told. Welcome to Entrepreneurial Insights. Welcome to Entrepreneurial Insights. This podcast is slightly different than our others because we are having a roundtable conversation about mentoring. In all of our podcast interviews, we've discovered the importance of mentoring. So we wanted to invite several business owners who've had experience with mentoring, both in giving and receiving. Our guests are Denise Higdon, CEO of Worksite Consultants, James Kelly, Partner and Business Development at KGR Group, and Dr. Mary McDonald, who's a member of the Society of Entrepreneurs and also a guest on a previous podcast episode. That's season one, episode seven. Both Denise and James participate in the Society of Entrepreneurs Mentoring Group, called the Insights Group. We hope that you enjoy hearing about this program and what it means to the participants. Enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Entrepreneurial Insights. I am so excited about today's podcast. We are going to be talking about mentoring. So for that, I have asked Mary McDonald. Dr. Mary McDonald is one of the mentors to our Insights Group, which is a group sponsored by the Society of Entrepreneurs to mentor up-and-coming businesses. So we also have some of our mentees with us today, Denise Higdon from Worksite Consultants and James Kelly from KGR Group. That'll no. work. That works. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. From Lenny's is really what I always think of. So I am so excited to have you guys here with us today. I wanted to start today's just a little bit different and read a quote on mentorship from the great Oprah Winfrey, because I think mentorship is so important. And the quote is, a mentor is someone who allows you to see the hope inside yourself. A mentor is someone who allows you to know that no matter how dark the night, in the morning, joy will come. A mentor is someone who allows you to see the higher part of yourself when sometimes it becomes hidden to your own view. Mentors are great. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a great quote. So I'm excited to talk about that some today. Yeah, as we get started, why don't we all just describe our business experience and what are you currently up to? James? Well, hola, everyone. My name is James Kelly. I am the... I would say at this point, I like to choose different roles at different times in my business. And I would say that I'm head of business development, a partner in everything. It's a family-owned business. We call it the KGR group because it's a group of companies. The companies range from different restaurant brands, some original, some franchised, and commercial and residential real estate and other investments. So that is the KGR group I've been in business since around 2006, 2007. Wonderful. What about you? Who are you, Denise? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, you gave it away. I'm Denise Higdon. I'm the owner of Worksite Consultants. And really, I'm more an accidental entrepreneur is how I would describe myself. I didn't plan 
or strategically decide to be an entrepreneur, it sort of fell in my lap. I got restructured out of my job when I was pregnant and found myself as an entrepreneur on Tuesday after Thursday, my restructuring. So it's more of an accidental thing for me, but it's been fantastic. I've been in business since 2001. Our business is testing people to make sure they can physically do the job that they get hired to do. And it's been a lot of fun. 22 years of a lot of fun. Awesome. And Mary? Hi, I'm Mary McDonald, and I guess I'm a serial entrepreneur. As soon as I do one thing, I start thinking about the next thing I'm going to do. So this is probably the 15th or so reiteration of my life. Right now, about 11 years ago, I started a business called MCD Partners Consulting, and it has turned into a national consulting firm. And so we have a presence now in 34 states and about 102 cities, and we just keep going, and I love it. It's kind of like mentoring, but you just get to meet people from everywhere. So now I'm thinking, hmm, what's next? What's the next <laughs> reiteration? I can't wait to see it because I know it's going to be something <laughs> fabulous no matter what, know it, what is. it is. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Very good. All these folks embarrass me <laughs> because they're doing so well for so long. So have you, Jay, though. Oh, well. We all know that also. <laughs> so thank you very much for all that you do. James and Denise are mentees, I guess is really the best way to put it, participants in our mentoring group. Would either one of you like to talk about what that group is or what we do? Oh, I remember taking the entrepreneurial path when it wasn't so popular. Right now, I think that it's kind of the hip thing to be. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, especially after the quarantine and working from home. They get a taste of having control of their time and enjoying all they worked so hard for. But back in the day, it wasn't so hip. It was seen as a risk. It was seen as dangerous. And the thing to do was to probably go to college and get a degree and grab a corporate job. That's what many of my peers did. I always had the bug for an entrepreneur. To be an entrepreneur, when I was a kid, I was planting pennies in the ground, growing money trees. My great aunt would have told you. And that also led to a lot of I'm going to answer the question at some point. but <laughs> I know you are. I'm not worried. <laughs> so that also led to a lot of isolation because you got to socialize with the people at your corporate job, your cubicle mates and whatnot. You see people every day. Some people say that that became your family. As an entrepreneur, I didn't get to forge those relationships. And there are all types of groups out there. Me being younger at the time, maybe in my upper 20s, lower 30s. There was this young professional, this and that, but I couldn't relate the same in those groups. And so what the roundtable is to me is that group. It was a group of young. It could be young in age or young in experience, but younger entrepreneurs coming together, sharing their experiences and their ideas with more seasoned and successful entrepreneurs. And it's therapeutic. It's everything that that quote was from Oprah Winfrey you just quoted. That's what the Society of Entrepreneurs Roundtable represents to me. So I was a little bit of an entrepreneur, I think as a kid. I saw my parents both own their own businesses, and then I was a Kool-Aid stand girl. And when I didn't make enough money doing that, I decided I'd start a little carnival in the neighborhood. So I guess I was an entrepreneur, even though 
as an adult that turned into being an accident. But being a part of the mentoring group, for me, I felt like I found my soulmates, if that makes sense. Those are people who had the same passion for business and for growth and for learning, but also to help other people. And I think what I found in that room was some of the most gracious and thought-provoking group of professionals and leaders in the city. And I was humbled to be in their presence, honestly. To know some of the names that were in that room, it was staggering to me. But to realize that they truly, truly were committed to our growth and to teaching us how to become better leaders, it kind of took my breath away, and I can't get enough of it. That's the value that the Society of Entrepreneurs provides, right? So technically, it's a group that meets once a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. That's the answer to the question at some point. We meet once a month with mentors and special guest speakers, and we're able to learn and also share experiences as we go after our similar goals and like attainments. And Mary, why you are a mentor to the group, why do you think that that's an important thing to do? I think part of being an entrepreneur, and you're right, James, that it's only recently popular to say that. Before, if you said it, they'd go, oh, that means you're not doing anything. <laughs> that means you don't work. But being part of an entrepreneur, I think it's in the DNA of an entrepreneur to want to help other people, to grow in their own business, their own thoughts, to listen to them. Denise, you talked about humbling. I think it's humbling as a mentor to hear about the visions and the plans that these people who are coming up with these ideas are wanting to put in place. That, to me, is very inspiring. So to be able not to tell them what to do, but to listen to what they want to do and how that looks in their lives. I don't think mentoring is about telling. It's about listening. The quote that Oprah said about seeing the hope I think mentoring is about helping them see that hope in themselves. You can see it. I can hear it when they talk. But for them to articulate that vision that they have to a group of people and then get affirmed for that vision, I think that's really important for them to see their own growth and their own ideas. Because you're right, that wasn't part of being an entrepreneur. Starting your own business 20, 30, 40 years ago was not the norm. It was out of the mainstream. And entrepreneurs are not corporate types. They're just not. And they don't fit into any shape cubicle. They just need lots of room to expand. <laughs> so I think it's an honor for the mentors to listen to the future, because that's what it's about. It's about what this city is going to look like, what this world is going to look like from these entrepreneurs. It's very helpful to us. That confirms that Mary's good at everything she's ever done. <laughs> truly, truly. Yeah. It's very inspiring. It yes. really is. Every time we walk out of the meetings, it's one of those that I think it's important because the mentoring group provides the opportunity to work on your business, not just in your business. You're not there putting out the fires, but it helps you to kind of think big picture. And I love listening. Every meeting we have, I walk out inspired. And you know what I noticed with the meetings? They are looking at their phones less and less. They're becoming more relaxed with being away from the business for That's a few That's what minutes. I was going to say. The first couple of meetings, I'm on the phone, I'm stepping out, stepping out, taking phone calls, receiving texts. But now that I think about it, that was the first time I was forced to just put it down because the value that was going on in that room was worth far more than 
the little fire I was putting out at that moment. And thus the company has grown tremendously and it started there. So Pearson, I've got a couple questions for you. Oh, oh my, okay. How long has the mentoring group been in place? Probably 20 years. I'm thinking about, we've had lots of different people cycle through. We do have 14 businesses that participate in the group every month. Some of the people have been in the group for a long time, which is a great thing. It means that they all want to stick around. And the mentors, we have six mentors to the group because what we've said is if you can't be there every time, it doesn't matter. There's going to be somebody else. But this year we're having guest mentors come from the membership of the society, which is equally as fun to get the different perspective and provide guidance and listen and hope. You meet once a month. And how long are those meetings? An hour and a half, two hours. We try to meet between sort of virtually when we can. We stay in touch with each other throughout the month. And I know that several people meet on their own outside of the group. I know that you meet with Maureen, accountability partners that have developed through the group. And and they all know also that the mentors are available anytime between meetings if they have questions or need guidance. Great. So, Denise, can you give me just an example of any instance of mentoring that you've had through the group that's been particularly valuable? I can give you a list, actually. (laughs) Uh, But I won't read it because Mary told me I can't read it, but I I know it because it's been super impactful for me. Part of it was I had someone offer to help me with a financial analysis and talk about being vulnerable because that is someone scouring through all of your finances and finding all the stuff that gosh, I wish I had seen that or I should have seen it that way. So that was one. One was marketing. And I'll just call him a marketing and advertising guru who offered to come to our facility and give me some feedback. And again, one of those vulnerable moments. I don't know what I'm getting into, but something great is about to happen. Culture and values and then some hiring and hiring to your culture. Those are some of the other topics that were covered. There were some growth-specific questions that I was able to ask mentors that I wasn't sure if the idea really made any sense, and Pearson helped me find the right person to ask. And I can't tell you how valuable that was, too, because those are the 2 a.m. things. You know, it looks great at 2 a.m. or maybe 4, but 8.30 on a (laughs) Tuesday morning, I don't know. Or 4 p.m. on a Wednesday, for sure Yeah, forget about it. But yeah, so that's been really beneficial to me. And that's just some of the specific things. But I've probably met with 15, at least 15, maybe 20 of the mentors individually, which when I went back and thought about it, I thought, who am I to get to do this? And the only reason that I had any access to those people, and it still shocks me, the names of the people that I was able to meet with. And that's because of this group. What about you, James? There's some direct and obvious mentoring that goes down. Uh, We meet. And then there's some stuff that just happens because birds of a feather flock together through osmosis. I see Mary, I see Dick Adamski or Chris Bird or any of the guys in the room. And you as well. I cannot leave you out. Pearson, I like that you're direct and you'll check me, you know, when when I'm out of line. Like, I would show up late all the time. You don't do that anymore, do you, James? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Hey, James, look, 
these people don't have to be here. These mentors don't have to be here. And if you want to be anything like them, you've got to mimic that. If they can be here on time, why can't you? What are you doing <laughs> that's so big and important? They have their multi-million dollar things going on. Why can't you be here as well? I'm looking at more than just the direct questions, but I'm looking at how you dress, how you work a room, how you talk to people. Everything you do is influencing the round table, us young entrepreneurs. But there are some people I've met with directly that have influenced even when I didn't know <laughs> the direction I was going to go because I was labeled as a serial entrepreneur in a negative way, Mary. Like, oh, you're a serial entrepreneur. You need to find one or two things you're great at and focus on that. But coming to the round table, it did a lot for my sanity because I was around a lot of serial entrepreneurs. Chris Bird invited me out to uh, Diller Door, but only for me to find out he's putting equipment on police cars. Like, what? <laughs> I thought we were going to be looking at security doors. So it's okay. Or George Falls, one of my first mentors, I thought he was a restaurant owner and I was in the restaurant industry with the Lenny's brand. I get there and I find out he has a hotel. He has a bar. Like what? <laughs> I thought you were doing this one thing. Dick Kodomsky is another one who reaches out regularly. He makes it a point to take us out to lunch and just talk. Nothing heavy, just how's it going? And he's in the construction industry, I found out. Ironically, I started out in restaurants. Then I started purchasing commercial real estate and developing commercial real estate. There's your construction. I'm working on a deal with a hotel brand right now. And I'm like, where am I getting this vision from? My mentors are already doing it. And all I did was just apply what I was seeing. So sometimes it's not direct. Pearson's telling me how to carry myself. <laughs> the professional development is there. And then these mentors are showing me what's possible. And I'm just following in footsteps at this point. So I'm very thankful for that. James, that's really an interesting point because I think being a little ADD is a good thing for an entrepreneur because they can compartmentalize the different areas, but it's always like, how do I expand it this way? Or how does it grow this way? And it's not linear growth. It's more like horizontal, like construction to restaurants to this and that, and seeing the possibilities in every situation. What can I do with this next? Being concrete and then random about what you do with it. Absolutely. I agree. I think that we are talking about the specific insights group for the Society of Entrepreneurs, but how would a listener or somebody that's interested, how do y'all think that they could find a mentor if they weren't part of this group? Do you have well, any? I think James should, maybe you gave him the hint, work a room. Even if it's difficult for you to work a room, work a room. Learn how to be that people person. The more people you meet, the more chances you have of finding that right information at the right time. Just meeting people. Not everyone is going to fit. It's like you have mentors in this group, but they don't all fit everybody's needs. It's just what part of that fits. But going to new places, meeting people, or old places and meeting people, don't underestimate anybody's ability to help you. They can. Everybody has something. Take it till you make it, even when you work the room. Sometimes you have to find that confidence to go walk up to somebody and talk to them, even though you don't have it all together. But you'll find out that 
maybe 70% of the people in the room don't have it all together either. I'll share an insight, which I think is relevant, which is that, yes, fake it till you make it. But as far as a relationship with a mentor, you have to be humble. You have to be willing to share everything that's going good, everything that's going bad. Sometimes when you're a serial entrepreneur or you're just getting your company started, you want to hide all that bad stuff so that you look professional, so that you look successful. But you need to be able to open the Komodo and share all the details with somebody who's willing to help. So that's my experience was I should have done that more. (laughs) And I think that in Memphis, and maybe it's not this way in every city, but I think that people are willing to make those accommodations. Just call somebody. Can you go to lunch? Can you go get a cup of coffee? And then the more you do that, because people like to talk about what they've done and how they've been successful, and then you can start building those relationships and creating those mentor roles. And Denise, you were talking about being humbled by the people in the room. Everybody in that room was where you are at some point in your journey. And you just hear the name and you think, oh, that's very important. Just listen to what they went through when they were just starting out or when everything fell apart or when they had tragedy in their family or their business and how did they get through it? Nobody gets to be where they are just by coasting. That's one of the things I think I love about the Society of Entrepreneurs Dinner. The first time I went, I got up the escalator and I promptly thought I was gonna go straight back down the escalator (laughs) out the door. I'm like, who do you think you are? Do you know who these people are? And I don't know who the woman was, but she came over to me and she got me. I wish I could remember the sweet lady's name. She said, please come into our circle and just meet. And she introduced me to this circle of people in their gold medals, which I later learned were the members of the Society of Entrepreneurs. So I stayed. And what I saw that night, I never want to miss again. Because that room, you see the humanness of these entrepreneurs. They didn't get by unscathed either, but they also not only survived, but thrived. And the city's better for it. I love the dinner. You want to tell them what date it is, Pearson? <laughs> well, certainly, you thing. know, yes. <laughs> April the 15th. <laughs> Check out our website and you can get the details. Thank you very much. April the 15th. Be there. Yeah. Be there. FedEx Event Center. But I do appreciate that. And I think that every time I go to those meetings, I think that what y'all need to remember is that the mentors, like Mary has said, are so inspired and so excited. And I think hearing the growth that you all do is so inspiring to them. It's equal. It's a mutual admiration society. You know what's missing from the meetings that we have is that overly competitive bent. People are so collaborative. They want to help everybody. I mean, you might be in the same business as someone else, but there's a real collaborative relationship going on. How do you make it better? How can they partner with somebody? How can they expand and both do things? I've never heard anybody be competitive with someone else. They just want to help everybody. It's too therapeutic. It's beyond just business. It's realizing you're not crazy. (laughs) We're all going through this. (laughs) Relating to somebody, again, we're unusual for the most part. And you get into a room together with a bunch of unusual people who are facing the same types of issues across different industries. It makes you feel normal again and that you're still on the right track. I think it reminds me of back when the Society of Entrepreneurs was started. 
several of the members were talking about, they would get together casually and they would start talking and they would be talking about their businesses. And it was always whenever they started sharing different things that they, whether the other people gave them ideas on how to solve their issues. But once you start talking about it and you start thinking or hearing how somebody else did something, and then you think about how you can incorporate that into your business. Exactly. Yeah. There's no point in reinventing the wheel. Exactly. If you can go to somebody and get a great idea that you can then take and implement in your business. And they're very willing to share. And I think entrepreneurs, more so than someone who is actually just like in a corporate setting, understand that no matter what they do, they're in the people business. And so it's all about how they relate to the people who work for them or who use their service or their business and how important those people are to their success, to their ideas, and bringing those people into their ideas, into their vision, into their mission, and partnering with the people who work for them more so than just being employees. And so I see them gravitate towards making everyone a part of the business. It's not apart from, it's not just HR, it's who are these people, that we are a team. Yeah, think about the dinner, and every time anybody's giving an acceptance speech to the dinner, it's all about the other people. I am where I am because I've found the right people, put them in the right seats on the bus, and that's why I'm successful. It's never about what I did. The culture. Absolutely. That's culture you Culture. That's what I love about our group, though, because it's like-minded people all in the same room every month, like James said, with the same problems that you thought you were alone in, and you get a chance to listen to how someone else handled it, or you get feedback on, here's going to be your big pitfall. So careful, here it comes. This is your caution light. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny too, though, when there is a similar problem and some of the group are saying, well, really, and trying to get one person to understand, maybe you should think of it like this. But it's really up to that person to decide how he or she is going to think about it. But when you have a group of people around the table saying, well, maybe it should be like this that you begin to see, okay, I wasn't looking at that the same way. How is this other person looking at it? So it's good to bounce those ideas around. We also share in a format. Do you remember the format, Denise? What do we share? The good? The good, the bad, and the ugly. That puts everybody on the same level. Yeah, you're doing great. That's good. Yeah. But you got it something bad. And then yeah. you got something that's straight up ugly. And we all have something good, bad, and ugly going on. And that also kind of makes it feel a little better in that room where people can share. And that's to your point, Jay, about this is not affecting it. This is being humble and being transparent about what's going on. It gets real, real fast. And I also want to point out, it's all confidential. Also. <laughs> oh, yes. Very yes, to yes. Say, yes Abs- so. Absolutely. Um, that, what's, what, what happens, happens in Vegas. <laughs> that's right. Exactly what I was Some people just vent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what this, is the quote that you use there? What happens... Oh, I was going to say what happens in the Insight script stays in the okay. Insight script. Okay. And she jumped on with the, the <laughs> Vegas thing. Vegas Vegas. Just, okay. We all like that analogy, right. don't we? <laughs> so. so I'm curious, do you guys, does anybody have an example, and you don't need to use names, of a company that significantly changed for the better, a leader who changed for the better based on the Insights group? I do have a story that is back from... Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how long ago, probably 10 years ago, because it happened at Mantia's. If anybody remembers 
where Mantia's was behind the spirit shop, the restaurant, and Alice Mantia was a member of our group and one of my favorite people. But Alice was talking, and she had a restaurant, and she was talking to a young man that had a janitorial supply company in Whitehaven. And I love the fact that they weren't going to be standing around having this conversation in any other format where it was all, this is what's going on in my business. And Alice helped him solve a problem that he had in his business, not from her job at the restaurant, but from a job that she'd had before that where she was doing some logistics. And I just loved it. I sat back and thought, this is what it's all about. Somebody that would not necessarily be having this conversation and just saved him all kinds of time and money and resources that he would have had to put to use to solve a problem that she solved for him in an evening over wine <laughs> at Mantia's. <laughs> so. You can attest to this, Pearson. Several of the members of the group of mentees in the mentoring group have gone on to become members of the Society of Entrepreneurs. Their Very businesses true. have expanded. They've done all the right things to make it grow or be diversify. And now they are members of the society and are giving back and are coming to mentor the groups. And I love that because there's no end to being a mentee or a mentor. You're always going to be both all through your life. You help somebody and people help you. So I like that they're coming back after the... I do too. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. And, and bringing a lot to the group, for sure. It's another idea. Like if we had an audience here and we asked everybody, raise your hand if you're willing to help somebody. Yes. Everybody would raise their hand. But not everybody knows how to get that opportunity or have a platform where you can mentor. So what the Society of Entrepreneurs does is I think it's awesome. It gives people that need help that ability and people that want to give help that ability. I would say that it trickles down. Don't think that I don't help people after leaving one of our meetings and learning something. I pass that knowledge down. Pass it down. And it's kind of important as an entrepreneur to do so because it's kind of like I tell people sometimes, pay attention to your kids because they're setting the trends for the future. You want to be wealthy. You want to do well. You want to know which way something's about to go. It keeps you young and it keeps you on point with the trend. So it's mutually beneficial to learn, but then to also to go back and teach and help somebody else because they're going to help you understand what Bitcoin is later. You know, <laughs> something like that, you know, right. which I still don't get. <laughs> but they have different podcasts about that. <laughs> so just speaking of Bitcoin, <laughs> it's interesting because when I am doing some mentoring or even consulting with groups in other parts of the country, there are these trends, like you talked about, Jim, there's all these trends coming up. And I ask them as many questions as they ask me. Okay, so how do you invest in this? Or how do you see this helping your company or your business or your school? How do you relate to that? Because everybody is in a learner mode right now. If you aren't, then you better get there because this changes so quickly. It's telescoping, yeah. My grandchildren are the ones that mentor me in all of those things with like Bitcoin and investing in these things. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? But it just happens so quickly. So you're right. I think we can learn from everybody. I really do. The reward of the open hand people give and people take. It's interesting. I was just thinking that I was at the CEO Awards this morning that they do from Inside Memphis Business, and every single person commented on that, that you can never quit learning. It's Absolutely. very, very important. Yeah. And 
you learn by teaching a lot. So mentors, I think that they get as much out of it as the mentees, for sure. That's true. There's a saying that you teach what you need most to learn. So if you're teaching something, then you are actually learning from the people that you're teaching too. So lifelong learning is not just a catchphrase. It's the truth. But I don't think we thought that 30 years ago. I thought if you graduate from something, okay, then that's it. Just do your job. But now everything is evolving all the time. And that's important. And the world is changing very, very <laughs> rapidly. <laughs> so Mary, I'm curious, do you think there's any significant difference between the consulting work you do and the mentoring work you do? Not a significant difference, but it's very much the same. It's taking someone or some group that is in a place of flux or transition or maybe a downturn and seeing how they can come out and be the best version of themselves that they can be whether it's a company or a school or a business, whatever it is, how to take it to the next level. Or many times, how do you start a business? I get a lot of those kinds of things. Or how do you open a school? How do you start a system of schools? Those kinds of things. And there are paths that you take to do that. But at the same time, there's no one way. And I think that's what you have to realize. There's no one way. So helping them find the best way. Yeah, it's very much the same. For me, I would have never found out about this Society of Entrepreneurs. It was one of my employees. I actually taught her at UT Memphis in the occupational therapy program. And she brought me to a meeting and she happened to be a friend of Pearson's. <laughs> That's how I got involved. But I think if Pearson or you or someone could tell people in the podcast how they could be a part or could come to some of the meetings. Like our meetings are closed, oh, yeah. but the round tables are open. And I think that's a good start. It's a great point. We assume that everybody knows who the Society of Entrepreneurs is, who most of the business owners we talk to are, but more information, clarity, whether it's on the website or in this conversation is good. So, so I got lucky. Our monthly lunch. Do you want to explain that? Well, I would Pearson? be more than happy to. Thank you very much. And I appreciate that. It is sometimes that you need to go back to the basics. And the Society of Entrepreneurs is a membership organization of, can't remember the words that we've used, but the members that have achieved great things in the city are members of the society. That group gives back through the Entrepreneurs Roundtable, which is open to anyone that owns a business. There's no membership fee. You come, you go to the meeting if it's a topic that's something that's interesting to you. And then the insights group, what we tend to do is members of the insights group are people that come to the roundtable meetings. So what we would like to see is just start at the roundtable, then go into the insights and then become inducted into the Society of Entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the game plan. But thank you for saying that. Sure, sure. And also, could you talk about the next big thing? Sure, that's another great program that we do. <laughs> the next big thing is a pitch competition, the $10,000 prize. And we have businesses that participate, society members that act as the judges. As many of them as want to come or can come, it's, we just take an average of the scores, and that's how the winner is chosen. And Kamisha Wilson, who has Kay's Pints and Scoops, was our big winner this last year. She did have samples, but we'd already voted before we tried the ice cream. And <laughs> so true. she legitimately <laughs> she legitimately won. Great business and actually will be on another podcast this season. And also having something like that, I noticed at the last one, at last several of those, you had students from U of M and CBU and Rhodes 
and Lemoyne Owen, they came to watch the pitch contest, and then they go back to their schools, and then they get involved, and they talk about it. So I love that contest because it's also getting people who are thinking about, they're not graduating yet, but they're thinking about what they're going to be doing. So it really inspires the younger people, too. And I think that what everybody that's ever participated in that pitch competition has said is that I also have the society members, not I have, but the society members write comments. So as they are judging with the numbers, they're also giving feedback to the businesses. And every single year, what we find out is that those comments are almost more important than a monetary prize. That helps, of course, but the feedback from the group is very important. I participated in that. I did not win (laughs) (laughs) $10,000. What I got, though, honestly, was priceless because I did get the comments and I did get the feedback. And it was the most difficult thing I've ever done, I think. It was the scariest. It was the scariest thing I think I've ever really done as a business owner. I'm like, I'm about to stand up and pitch my business to who? Wow. And it was intimidating. (laughs) And yet I've learned so much through that. And I'm glad I did it. So if somebody wants to learn more about the roundtable lunches or the insights group or any of the other programs... Where do they go? Oh, well, I would say the website, <laughs> soememphis.com, S-O-E. It is not Society of Entrepreneurs any longer because people couldn't spell entrepreneurs. Yes. So, <laughs> SOE Memphis is the website and all of the information and all of our upcoming events are on that. So thank you for asking. Awesome. There's some great interviews on there too from the members. Those I also love. It's a good Saturday afternoon activity. <laughs> Instead of cleaning. <laughs> always instead of cleaning. Well, I hope that you've always learned something every time. That's great. Right. <laughs> in closing, why don't we just say, is there anything that you have learned through that that you'll be using in your business in the future? Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything I'm doing now is because of something I learned or saw from a mentor. I was primarily in the franchising branding of restaurants. And franchising is cool. It's like a business with training wheels, but there's certain requirements. You have to renew that every 10 years, whatever your term is, and reinvest into it. And once I realized the construction side of things and the ownership side of things over there at River Inn and Tugs and whatnot, I realized that the real business is real estate. Started looking at the McDonald's. It all came out. Oh, McDonald's is not in the hamburger industry. They're in the real estate industry. And so that forced me to pivot into commercial real estate development because otherwise I'm on the hamster wheel, renewing that franchise agreement alone, reinvesting in that restaurant routinely. Then you're trying to build your cash back up from the reinvestment. But if you own the building you're in, then you're paying down that mortgage. And eventually it gave me a way to retirement because there's no 401ks usually in entrepreneurship. So how, how else do you do it? Well, you acquire assets that generate cash flow. Eventually, I hope to sell the restaurants and just be the landlord from where they sit. And I learned that through dealing with mentors and society entrepreneurs. So to build a little bit on what James just said and working on your business instead of in your business, I think that's the information that I take from the mentors is how to really best work on your business Because ultimately, I think for most of us, it's what do I need to do to sell my business, to make it the most valuable that it can be, 
so that I can sell it, so that I can become, I guess, Mary McDonald and become a serial entrepreneur, or like everyone else in the room, what's next? And I think that those are the steps that help us decide what decisions to best make so that we put ourselves in the position so that we grow the business, sell the business, start another business, and help more people in the city. Working in it, you get so tied to it emotionally. But a true entrepreneur, is it's a business. It's, you have to part ways with it when it's time. You have to come up with extra strategies to look at it objectively and do your best and then detach. That's the secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and you also learn it's not a personal reflection upon yourself. The success or failure of a business is not a reflection of the success or failure of you as a person. I mean, this is all therapy. This is all coming from meeting and talking with other entrepreneurs. Sometimes people say, what is it like with the business? And I say, it's like raising a child. Eventually, you have to let it go and hope that it can stand on its own. Or if not, well, you did the best you could. But you have to always be looking at how independent you can make other things and people. If it's personality driven, it won't make it. It won't last. But if it's able to stand on its own, be independent, or the people are more independent, then that's your goal is put something out there that's going to grow on its own. And that's passive income. That's awesome. (laughs) And in typical Mary McDonald fashion, she wraps it all up. (laughs) 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 Wisdom. Wisdom. (laughs) So, y'all, this has been so much fun. And I have to say that in closing, the pleasure is mine. Getting to work with you guys every single week, every single month is truly an exciting part of my life. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. It's humbling that you work with us. You've seen the very best all the way to me. (laughs) (laughs) So I I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Awesome. Great conversation, guys. Mary, I, I know you have a rich background in education. And when I think about entrepreneurship and how it wasn't the trendy thing at one point, it was more training to go to college, get a, that degree, get that guaranteed salary at the corporate job. But the one thing that is cool about entrepreneurship is that you are on the same playing level as everyone, not just those who went or were able to get that college degree. Because some people were smart and just didn't have the ability or had other priorities as life hit them. But entrepreneurship puts you on a playing field with everyone. You don't need a degree to start. Denise was the lemonade stand. I'm car washing and cutting yards, whatever it is. But being an educational system, is there anything that you've identified that could dictate or can predict success later on in life? I don't want to say I'm a soothsayer of success, but there is something about certain students. You can just see it in their eyes. You can hear it in their voice. If they are not exactly, and I'm not a proponent of disobeying rules, but if they are not exactly rule followers, if they are willing to take risks, calculated risks, not just like jump out in the middle of the street, but if they're willing to be a different and not care what people think, like if a student challenges a given assignment and if a student finds a better way to do it, and I say, oh, yeah, that's, they're always thinking about how you can make it better or different. And they're much more open to change. Usually, they're not the smartest person in the room academically because 
they are always thinking in more wisdom terms and more insightful terms. They're not just studying the book, but they're thinking, how can I use that book? How can I use what I learned and not just regurgitate what you learned? So I always think it's the students that's willing to take a risk, to be creative, to think differently, to not be afraid of what other people think. Self-confidence. Usually they're more people-oriented. They like to find out about everybody. They're the ones that say, well, what do you do? Or where did you live before? They're the ones that go up to the quietest person and ask about them. Do you know, they're just more out there. And it's those kids who are selling things, like they'll sell the wrapping paper and the candy, and they'll find other ways to do it. I have a grandson who started a, what's called Petscapes, a pooper scooping business. And when he was in high school, because it was a job nobody else wanted to do, and he made money doing it. And I was like that. I was selling shells, painted on, you know, that used for ashtrays way back then. But you're always thinking of some way to use your creativity to not just make money, but to produce something that people value or people need or people want. But I loved when students were in the class and they would challenge me and make me a better teacher because they had a better idea. In fact, that's why I got into teaching in the beginning, because I hated school. And I thought there's got to be a better way to do this. So I thought, well, if I ever get to be a teacher, I'm going to find a better way to do this. And so in my classes, I always had fun. We had a good time. Wayne Pearson? We sure did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I must say, yes. Well, thank you. You know, it reminds me of a, a conversation actually in an insights meeting. We were talking amongst everybody and somebody made a comment about that they wished that they worked at a bookstore so that they could go home and not take their work home with them. And then we started talking and we said, well, you know what? That would never work. Because what would happen is even if you worked in that bookstore, you'd be going, you know, if we did it this way, it would be a little bit more effective. So I think that that is just part of being an entrepreneur, that you're always thinking about ways to make things better. But it does bring me to a question that we ask on every podcast that we've asked you, Mary, on a previous podcast. But I want to ask Denise and James, do you think entrepreneurs are born or taught? Denise. I asked this question the other day of myself. I think they're born. I just don't know if you can teach some of those things. I don't know if you can teach somebody to have the passion. I don't know if you can teach them to take a risk. I think it's something that you're born with and you see a different way and you see a different path and it doesn't matter if anyone is behind you or not, you're going and you will blaze a path and you can't help yourself. It's almost like you're compelled to do it. My vote is born, James. A hundred percent born. There's a certain spirit within you, everything that Mary mentioned. And what's beautiful is when that spirit merges with a product or service that is highly like desired. That's when lightning strikes. And then you just have momentum and self-confidence builds. Like, hey, I can do this. This is working. And at that point, it's addictive. Once people starting to seek me out for what I was doing or selling, I couldn't get enough of that. It feeds your little ego, too. (laughs) It is addictive. And I think tapping into that positive addiction is a good thing because so much good has come out. You talked about the college and, and not many people going to college. Those are the people who decades ago built this country. They built it on the backs of their inspiration and their passion and their ability to 
commit themselves to a lot of hard work because it's not easy starting a business or running a business or nothing's easy, but they're committed to it. Everybody's on that level field. Just take the risk and do it. You've got to have the passion because to your point, somebody could be smarter than you or have more resources, but if you're more focused and you love what you do, you'll outwork them every day of the week because it's not work. It isn't work, is it? It's fun. The best thing about this conversation is how much Pearson is smiling. (laughs) (laughs) She loves to hear these answers, these insights. I sure do. That's a lot of fun. So thank you guys for being here today. This is really, really wonderful. Thank you, Pearson. My pleasure. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this roundtable discussion. If you'd like to hear more about any of the participants, please look at our show notes. (laughs) 